What do I do if my partner refuses to own their own stuff? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. question Tyler um yeah so uh, how, how's it going it's it's going good man had a great weekend had my daughters basically last weekend before they're the two older ones are headed back down to college so lots of emotions going on in our house this weekend but it was really good was it is it like sad is it exciting is it it's both it's, it's like kind of like a grieving process <laughs> like yeah there's been waves of emotion you know it's like one moment just feeling so grateful for the choices they're making and the goodness in their lives and the next moment you know you can't stop crying because you you're sad about losing that part of life and we were just actually watching the sunset together last night and I um, the sunset where we live was absolutely beautiful last night. And I kept thinking like, this is amazing, but really this is a once in a lifetime because this sunset will never actually look this exact way ever again. And you have to either choose to just enjoy it for what it is in the moment, or you can worry about never being able to see it again. And then it just hit me that that's kind of how life is right now with my kids. It's like, it's a new stage. It's a good thing. And I just have to figure out how to enjoy it for what it is instead of trying to cling to something that is no longer there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Man, you're going deep fast here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, maybe I, I, that's my way of making myself feel better or something. Yeah. I, I remember when you left the house and uh, back then it was really cool to have the biggest stereo you could have. So mom and dad had this giant thing in the, in the, you know, like 17 disc changer or whatever it was. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, I turned on one of you had, you listened to some, some interesting music, but I turned on one of your songs in the front room and I shed it. I shed a tear for you. <laughs> um, well, that makes me feel good, man. Yeah. And then I didn't cry anymore and I was on with it. <laughs> you moved on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's change, you know, like, yep. everything constantly changes. So, and, and I think when the kids start leaving, then you really, you really feel that and see it, you know? Yeah. So, you kind of start getting these flashes back through your brain of like all these memories of how young they were. And we went through small pictures and stuff just for the fun of it. And probably just to make ourselves suffer more, but it was, you know, just, you can't believe how fast time flies and how much things change over time. So yeah, that's, that should be its own episode sometime. Yeah, really. for sure. For sure. Well, speaking of episodes, we'd love to throw a challenge out um, to couples. We would love couples who are stuck. So couples who want just a little bit more um, are, are stuck. They can't quite get over this hump, whatever it is, whatever the difficulty is resentment, lack of intimacy, lack of trust. Um, we want to challenge you to come be guests on our show. So Tyler, how do they sign up to be guests? Yeah, we'd love to have some couple perspective here. Um, realtalkrecovery.com. If you go there, realtalkrecovery.com and just hit the ask a question button, then it'll allow you into our scheduling. You can just set up a time to come on and be on the show with us and talk with us. Uh, we'd love to have 
specifically some couple stuff. But of course, if you have any other questions, even individual stuff, you can go there and sign up the same way. Yeah. Awesome. We we can't wait to have you on. So, okay, Tyler, should we dive into this question? Let's do it. Okay. This, uh, this is actually was submitted a long time ago. And um, in reviewing it, it's one that we, I think we need to talk about because we hear a lot. And so we're going to have her ask it. Okay. Hi, Therapy Brothers. This is Jess. I am curious, how do you deal with an emotionally abusive husband who's not willing to own anything? Um, to put it in his best terms, the closest he came to an apology was to say, I'm sorry that you feel I was hard on you. Um, but it's always putting it back on me. So no accountability and not really willing to talk about his part in our behavior um, or in our arguments. I love the podcast and have been learning so much and doing a lot of self growth. And um, thank you for your advice in advance. All right, Tyler. All right, let's get into this one. It'd be nice to have her actually on to visit with us because we're going to be inferring a lot of things that we may not know for sure about the relationship. But um, but basically, in essence, it's a great question that actually comes up a lot. And the, to, to boil it down really simply is I'm in a relationship. I want to help the relationship go right as best as I can. But what do I do when my partner won't take accountability for whatever is theirs to own? Yeah. So I remember, Tyler, you and I were talking a while back and and I've I've shared this before, I think. But we were we were just kind of talking as therapists, brothers, and and I said to you, I said, what, you know, what's the key element or the key thing for a couple to actually heal? And like, what if if there was one thing, what is it? What is it? And both you and I um, came to the ability for the the individuals to self reflect in that relationship. That's the most important thing for the relationship. Um, and so this is, she's talking about the opposite of that. She's talking about a partner who can't self-reflect, who can't look within, who's shame screening constantly, um, and, and is unwilling to own any of it. And, and this Tyler, I think it really sets up emotional abuse in a relationship because there's constant gaslight going on. Uh, there's constant deflection, there's lack of connection, lack of vulnerability in the relationship. So this seems to be, this seems to be something Brandon that happens a lot with a, a lot of my clients where, you know, you get one partner who's kind of in this protective mode of saying, I, I always deflecting it back onto the other person. Well, the reason I relapsed is because you did this or this or this, or the reason why I have to treat you this way is because you do this, 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 and this. And a lot of times the other partner is actually really good at maybe trying to be reflective and wanting to take ownership for their stuff, but they don't know how to be boundaried in doing so. And so they end up taking on a lot more than is actually theirs to own in the, in, in an effort to be a good spouse and to be a good person. And so there's this like fine balancing act between being able to know and be be honest with ourselves enough to be curious to say, what is my part in this? How do I 
take ownership for my part, 100% accountability for my part, but how do I also leave what's not mine in the in the court of the other person? Well, Tyler, I would say that it's totally different. So so what I mean is you just described another shame screen. So the the other side of the pendulum, so to speak. So on one side, I don't take any accountability and I deflect like crazy. On the other side, I'm a doormat who, and I who take ta- it all. takes it all on because I'm trying to be a good person. And but neither one of these. So 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 the one side is moving um, against your shame, so to speak, or moving away from it. While the other side is moving toward your shame, is what Brené Brown calls it. Um, I move toward it. So so I try to be good enough and I try to take it all on. Neither one of these things are are real honest accountability and vulnerability and and uh, showing up in strength in the relationship. And so if you're the partner of somebody who's shame screening in these different ways, you're feeling this lack of uh, resolution, um, lack of growth, lack of connection in the relationship. And it can be so frustrating and so hard because as you go approach it with your partner, it's like the, that deal, like trying to approach that issue with your partner, the shame screens start to happen and you never can quite get there. You never can quite have the right conversation or do the right thing in order to start to work toward some of that connection and resolution in the relationship. Um, and, and you feel this just lack of, of intimacy and connection and, and, and just love in a relationship. And right. it gets really, it gets really frustrating because, you know, from our, from this caller's question, the perspective is, is that that's what I'm wanting. That's what I'm pursuing. And yet the part of the frustration is, is I'm putting in all of this effort to try to figure out how to get that connection, how to get that engagement. And, and because I'm so used to being like taking ownership for everything, then it feels like it's my responsibility that something's wrong with me that I can't quite get it to happen. Right. Even the way the question is phrased often is, is like me, like what's, what's wrong with me that I can't get my partner to take ownership. Right. 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 And so there's this extra frustration that gets heaped on with the new layer of judgment and shame and self-criticism to go with it. Right. Yes. All right. Okay. So we're talking about all the, all the issues, right? All the, so, so now you're taking it on yourself and feeling horrible that you can't fix your relationship. And so like, we're talking about all the issues. Let's get to some answers here, Tyler, some actual solutions as to what you, what is in your power and in your control to actually influence in a positive direction toward the things that you desire in your relationship. Because I actually do think, although you can't control the other person, you don't have the ability to do that. You cannot. You do have the ability to shift some of the ways that you are showing up and invite uh, more growth and change in your relationship. Now, whether your partner takes that invitation or not, that's up to them. That's, that's the key element, Brandon, is, is there's, there's no guarantees that things are going to turn out the way that I want them to. So the next best thing I can do is come to an understanding of surrender and acceptance that there's no guarantees. And then I need to ask myself a couple of questions. And the first question is, 
in some type of form, what is my overall goal here first? And then what is the best course of action for me to help things go right for that overall goal? Right. So if my with overall... No, with no guarantee that, that it will. Yeah, well, because because I have to acknowledge that inside that overall goal, at least in the question, my overall goal is to have deep connection with my partner that includes vulnerability and authenticity and humility and accountability and all these things. That's what I want in my relationship. Now, I have to acknowledge that I can't guarantee that that will happen because my partner may or may not come along or agree with all of those things. So now I'm in this spot where I have to ask the next question, which is, what is my part to help things go right or to invite the outcome that I want, knowing that I may not actually be able to achieve that on my own. Right. Right. Yes. Um, okay. So, so, so then go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. So then with that question, let's, let's think of the common responses and ask that same question. Is it going to help things go right for me to always own everything, even though I know I can't own it all because my partner still has to make choices. No, you're doing the very thing that we just talked about. You're, that, that's yeah. not going to help me towards my overall goal. No, no, no. Mo modeling unhealthy attachment to try to get unhealthy attachment or, or try to get healthy attachment in your relationship. That's not going to work. That's right. So, so another response might be, well, then I'm just going to like throw up my walls and be like, boom, talk to the hand, you go figure it out. Um, is that going to be inviting things to go right? It depends. Um, probably not. Um, depending on the intention as to why you're doing that, because you might be doing that out of your truth, out of your genuine, honest, Hey, I need some safety. And so I need some disconnection from that person. You might be doing it with, with a passive aggressive approach to try to control them into uh, changing, which will then just exacerbate the problem. Okay. So, so what you're saying, Brandon is, is that that maybe the action itself may or may not be part of the solution, depending on the heart where, and the where your heart with where which your heart is. Done. Yes. Right. So if my heart says, you know what, I'm going to have to figure out how to leave some things in my partner's court. I can see I've got empathy for them. It must be hard for them to have to confront their shame or whatever else it is but I can no longer own this for them. I'm actually doing a disservice to my partner by owning stuff that isn't mine to own. I'm going to have to deal with the discomfort of leaving it in their court and then letting them do with it what they will. Yeah. That yeah. would be a healthy response. Yes. Because my goal is to help things go right. And because my heart's at peace towards it. Whereas I, I could do the exact same response, be like, you suck, go figure it out. You got a problem. And that might not be a healthy response. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so we're kind of getting to what really is in, in your control and, and, uh, ultimately, ultimately you want love from your partner. Correct. Right. That's like, you want some, some That's love we all want. And, and connection. So what can you do to love them while they're in this state of defensiveness and deflection? without sacrificing your boundaries and yourself. And love is very different than that, than sacrificing yourself for them. Um, so contrary, contrary to what 
to what common like society would say that is love, right? Because you sacrifice all of you for somebody else. Right. Uh, I want to model um, good, healthy attachment to my partner. Um, that's my best chance of them actually grasping. Oh, oh, that's uh, like that's what we could be doing together. Um, and so what, what I don't want to do is act out of my fear and control and my shame um, to really try to understand and put yourself in their shoes, have some compassion. Um, and, and again, when I, th these are triggering words, because when I say something like that, they think, well, I, if I don't have boundaries, then I'm just going to get hurt again because yeah. and, so and I, compassion I, means I can't have boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not true. Okay. Well, not so true. I wish I could say two things at the same time right now, Tyler, because if I say the one thing, it's like, oh, see, no, 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 no. You can to in fact, you cannot have compassion without boundaries. Like you can't have real genuine compassion without healthy boundaries. So really knowing who you are and knowing you're loved um, and independent of your partner allows you to have those boundaries with them so that you can see their pain and understand them. Okay. Um, my question is to this, this, to Jess, who asked the question uh, and I, well, let me side note. Um, I do want to validate. I am sorry that you're in that situation. That sucks. And that's hard. I do want to say that before I say this. Um, but have you looked at why is he so defensive? What, what is he so afraid of? Because he's afraid. He's terrified. Um, what, what, that little boy inside of him, what is he running from? And where has he been abused and hurt and told that, that he's not lovable because that's there. Right, Tyler? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what we see with the shame screen that's coming up where there's this refusal to take any type of accountability and the way that the refusal is happening, it, it's actually, it does feel abusive, even though it's coming from this place of woundedness and it's not okay that it's happening. Right. But what you're saying, Brandon is, and this is, this is a very important for our listeners to understand is, is that getting to compassion for that little boy that's trying to defend himself does not mean that we you let it keep happening. <laughs> like, please. We keep reiterating. Like, like, do not become the doormat with your compassion. I think they, yeah. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. So, okay. Um, so you have compassion for you him. You find it's, compassion. It's okay. Yeah. And, and understand, oh, that's why when I say, hey, um, you know, I, I, I don't appreciate if you lie to me, he freaks out and turns the tables and does all this horrible stuff. That's why he does it. Okay. So, so, so the first question, Tyler, is what is his pain and, and, and who is he? I think the next question is, is you, for you to look at your own shadow and for you to say, what is, what is my pain? What is my unhealthiness? And what is his unhealthiness triggering me? where yes. then I'm trying to force love or I'm trying to shut down, right? Like what does it trigger in me? Those deepest, darkest demons that now my partner and his unhealthiness is actually inviting me to look at a little bit. That's exactly right, Brandon. I mean, in the question itself, and I, like I said, it would be nice to have her on here to talk with her, but 
my, one of my first questions was, okay, we see his side of this pattern that's going on in the relationship. You can hear in her question, the frustration of like, man, this isn't working. But the, the flip side to that is, why am I so afraid to set the boundaries that I need to and to let accountability fall where it needs to? Because, yeah. because if I can actually come to understand and make peace with those parts of myself that, that refuses to set the boundaries that are necessary because I'm afraid of X, Y, or Z, I'm afraid that he may not choose me. I'm afraid that, you know, maybe I end up alone. I'm afraid that maybe I'm not good enough. Um, I'm afraid that maybe my identity is wrapped up in making sure he, everyone else, including him is okay. Um, if I were to actually go and explore those things, that puts me back in the same realm of the question that I was asking about him, which is yes. what, what is my accountability here? Mm -hmm. what, what do I need to be doing for myself to become more healthy? And you use this word, Brandon, earlier, and we might just need to clarify this a little bit better, demonstrating healthy attachment. Um, yeah. You're kind of getting there with that idea of like compassion and boundaries. But on a broader level, maybe we just need to give a better explanation of like, what is healthy attachment? Like, what is, what is that? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good idea, Tyler. Um, because I throw it out there like, yeah, everybody just knows what that is because most people don't know what it is, but they think they might know what it is. Um, and they think we're, we're kind of conditioned in so many ways to think that healthy attachment means that you're the prince and the princess in the castle that are in Twitter pated in love and perfectly connected. And, um, you know, you agree on everything and blah, blah, blah. That is not what healthy attachment is at all. Healthy attachment is when two individuals come to the table, loving who they are and knowing who they are confidently um, showing up authentic and unique in, in, in their uniqueness and who they are and being able to be honest and then navigate a relationship together, um, in that honesty and work on their compatibility and their intimacy in their honesty as an individual. And so there's, so what healthy attachment is, is I am me and I know who I am and, Oh, I see you. And you are you and who you are, and I love you, and I'm connected to you, and I have feelings um, toward you and about you of, of connection, and you affect my life, but you, know, you don't affect my self-worth. Um, That's right. I know who I am. And so, so it's that middle ground of real groundedness and, and understanding of, of your nobility and yourself first and foremost so that you can fully love and fully connect to somebody else. So, that's so that, that's what healthy attachment is. Yeah. Beautiful. That's great, Brandon. I just yeah. to make sure we had that out there. Um, so coming back to what you were talking about, Tyler, of, you know, the first step is to, to extend some compassion out and, and maybe we're getting these wrong. Maybe curiosity you, you, and compassion. Yeah. You could flip these though, because the second thing is to extend some compassion back toward you and practice some self-reflection Yes, and, and, and look at, I don't think anybody's a, has, has a hundred percent perfect, healthy attachment, Tyler. No, uh, not that I've, I've never met anybody with perfect, healthy attachment. And so for you to say, okay, like this hard thing that my partner is, you know, putting here in front of me, um, what, 
where, where am I not grounded? Where am I in my fear? Um, where am I desperate? Where am I trying to force them um, with this love? And, and, and if you do that, then you're able to, to say, oh, okay, there's some things here that are, are in my control that I can actually clean up and I can actually work on so that I can show up with this compassion and these boundaries like we're talking about. Yes, that's, that's, that's awesome. And I think one of the challenges for that is that when I start to get curious with those things, sometimes the answers that come elicit even more fear because it's like, yeah. I, would, I would almost rather not have to solve some of these things because if I do, I kind of know where this is going to go. You open up that can of worms. Yeah. Um, and it's scary because then I'm stepping into, I, I fear stepping into like this new unknown part of life too, because I've never experienced it without these parts of myself that, you know. Which is the are, very thing the partner's doing, by the way. Yeah. Like right. when, when they, they don't want to open up the can of worms. They don't even want to like touch the bottle or the can or whatever. Right. Right. They don't even want to go there. And so they're doing the very thing that you're describing. That's, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so then, so if you've got this curiosity and compassion that's going on and you have this bigger, broader question of what is my overall goal now, as I ask, how can I help things go right? Oftentimes my own accountability is going to the places you're talking about, Brandon, and yeah. making peace with those things. And then as I make peace with some of those things, that question of how do I help things go right? There's going to be a new sense that comes up with, Oh, maybe, maybe it's actually loving my partner to let them have a little bit of that discomfort of having to wrestle with those things. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's okay for me to set a boundary with my partner and say, you know what, like, I know you're in a really rough spot right now, but I'm, I can't take ownership for the fact that you're not choosing X, Y, or Z. Right. You know, the fact that you relapsed, it doesn't really matter what I did your choice to relapse was still your choice. Like I, I can't own that for you. Right. Um, and, and in doing so, I'm now bringing in a new part of the pattern, which doesn't necessarily feel good. It's not comfortable. It might even come with some conflict, but it's actually closer to helping things go right than the old way of doing things was. Right. 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 Um, it, when, when we show up in, this healthy space with our partner. Um, what that does is it takes away opportunity for them to hide behind our unhealthiness. Um, when, you know, when we're showing up loving, kind and, and honest and in our power, then they have to like turn and look at themselves. They don't, they might not want, be willing to do that, but what they can't do is say, look at, look at you screaming and shutting down and doing this. And well, you're not anymore. And now it's like, yeah. And there's this issue on the table. And you know, if I, let me give you an example, Tyler, if I go to my partner and I say, you can't take any accountability for anything. Like you, you are always shame screening. Let's say I use those words. You know what, you know what they're not going to do in that moment? Be like, oh, let me take accountability for always shame screening. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why not? <laughs> yeah, because there I am. I'm actually shame screening. I'm, I'm in drama. I'm persecutory and, and I'm attacking them, 
trying to get them to not be in drama. I'm trying to use drama to get them to not be in drama. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, as opposed to healthiness, which would be me showing up with compassion, being very honest, having them feel that compassion from me, but also saying, this is who I am and this is what works for me. And this is, you know, this is what I need, or this is what I'll need to do, um, for, for my truth and who I am. Um, that then invites them to say, oh, okay, now what? Um, I, I have to deal with this instead of jumping back into that drama because, because if they try to jump back in the drama with me and I don't go there and I just don't go there and I don't go there again and again and again, they can't go to the drama. So now they got to go somewhere else. That's right, Brandon. So, so your example really illustrates, I think, the biggest part of this, which is in the example you used that was maybe not healthy, it was actually the very thing that the question was about, which is there's no accountability. It's like, yeah. you do this, you never do this, you do, you know, whatever. And instead of going and saying, hey, when these things happen, this is what my experience is. This is how it works for me. And this is what I'm going to choose to do about it in the future. Um, the second option is loaded with accountability along with those things like curiosity and compassion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whereas the first option is the very thing that I'm that that I don't want that's coming back to me. Right. Right. Exactly. And then you create the very thing that you don't want in your relationship. So yeah. I was I was talking to a buddy of mine and he's he's just a good, humble guy. And he was kind of commiserating and he was saying, look, the house is always a mess. I've always got to clean it. And um my wife gets mad at me because, you know, I want to clean the house and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, like when's she going to like actually appreciate how much I work and how much I clean and how much I do all these things. And, and it seems like whenever I go home, she just disconnects from me and I'm listening to this, you know, he's vic he's in victim and I get kind of processing it a little bit and talking to him. And I'm like, well, how are you showing up at home? And and we get down to it to make a long story short. And he's, he's like, well, I'm a complete jerk. Like I'm <laughs> trying to, for aggressive, yeah, like I'm trying to, I'm passive aggressive. I'm forcing everybody to do things. I'm grumpy and angry <laughs> because the house isn't clean and blah. And I'm, and, and by the end of our conversation, he was, he, he started with a t as being a total victim. And it was fascinating, Tyler, because by the end of the conversation, he, he was going, he, he was going to go home to his wife and apologize. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and he was going to, and what was interesting about it was the feeling I got from him, which was like relief because now he had some power to do something healthy and, and move in the right direction in his relationship. And this isn't him falling on the sword and it's not him being a doormat because the truth is, is that's what he has been creating. Right. Yes. And, and, and he's, and, and when he realized that he had enough humility to actually, actually admit it to himself to, to look at that. And because he had that humility, it gave him the power to actually create something different. And, and he was almost excited and, and also like pissed off a little bit at himself for creating this for so long. For, because he was looking for something else. And Brandon, you said this is important is that he realized 
his own way of being towards his wife and his kids was off and that he needed to go and take ownership for his way of being right yeah it doesn't mean that it's so like it's okay that he wants to have a clean house it's okay that there that's a value that he has and he just got to figure out a different way to go about articulating it it doesn't mean he has to go victim. home and do all the chores Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, but he also, he also realized that his part was still off. Like yes. he was still, he was still being in essence crooked in his own values towards his wife because he was going home and being passive aggressive and playing the victim and telling these stories inside of himself about how, you know, nobody respects him or loves him instead of just showing up and saying, I'm either going to do this chore around the house where I'm not, because that's the, that's going to be the best version of me today. Right. Right. And yeah, you know, there's a part in the conversation where he's like, yeah, my wife just says I'm a jerk and that I'm mean. And like, you know, that I, I, that the energy when I come home is just horrible. That's what she's saying to me. And he's saying it in this victim-y way, you know, <laughs> with the I'm very like, energy that he's saying. Yeah. She's like, accusing him very, yeah. In this victim-y way. And all I said was, well, are you that way? <laughs> and, and it like gets awkward for a minute. And he's like, and some other guys were listening in, like, and, and he's like, well, well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Now we're now we now we're in reality. Yeah, now we're in reality. Now we can move forward and actually work on this a little bit. But so now you can step what, into your power because you're getting honest. That's right. And and what is your part? And this is what you've said a few times now, Brandon, is taking that accountability, finding the part that actually really is mine is it's empowering. Yes. It allows me a direction of where to go or what to do next with some level of confidence instead of waiting for the, the other person to make it okay enough for me to be okay. Yes. Yes. That's it. Yeah. But, but, but the, the thing that we have to overcome is the very thing that she's asking about, which is um, there's this really, for some reason, we're so terrified that we're not lovable it, we will defend it to the death sometimes to, to just admit that, oh yeah, I do screw up. Oh yeah, I'm not perfect. Oh yeah, I create some chaos. And, and to have the strength to be able to do that because every single one, human being on this earth does things like that. Mm -hmm. To have the strength to be able to do that um, just amplifies your ability to create intimacy and connection in a relationship. So if one partner's willing to do it and the other's not, you won't have the intimacy. Um, if both partners are willing to do it, you will, because you'll be able to really um, work toward growth on yourself. And so if you're the partner that, that feels like you can do that and your partner can't, that might mean it leads towards a relationship um, that's different than, than creating safety and intimacy together. And will you end up divorced? Maybe. Maybe. Um, uh, will you end up maybe finding that intimacy, you know, or maybe not that intimacy, but some intimacy through some friends or other family members? Maybe you'll have to do that because your partner's unwilling to actually do their own work to do that. That's right. So Brandon, just to recap then the, the, to this question, meet yourself and your partner with curiosity and compassion, 
ask yourself what your bigger goals are, ask the question, how do I help things go right? And, and part of the conclusion we're coming to right here is, is that oftentimes it's going to be an inside out answer to that question, which is what are my dark spaces? What are the things preventing me from doing the, the healthy things, whether it's setting healthy boundaries or making different decisions or approaching it with a little bit more vulnerability. And if I make peace with those things inside myself, those things will naturally emanate into the way that I'm showing up in my relationship with more accountability, more confidence myself than maybe I was before. Yep. Yep. That's, that's excellent. You know, Tyler, it's interesting. A lot of times people think I need to get angry enough or resentful enough to actually, actually act on my truths. And I would say, do the opposite. I need to um, have enough love and compassion for my partner to then step into my truths. And if you're in that space of, I, I love them, I see their pain, I understand them, I love myself, but I, and I'm still going to really fight for my values and my truths, that's the healthy attachment place that you wanna hit. And that's what will give your relationship the best chance. Yeah, excellent. Uh, well, good conversation, Brandon. Uh, to our listeners, hopefully this is helpful for you. If you have questions or comments, we'd love to hear them. And uh, thank you guys for being here and for being with us on this journey. See you guys.